Welcome to Looks Like New on KGNU. It's the economy. I'm Nikita Menon. This is a show that asks old questions about new technology, even addressing questions that should have been asked a long time ago. We join you on the fourth Thursday of every month on the radio, or you can listen online as a podcast. Looks Like New is a production of the Media Economies Design Lab at CU Boulder. The following is a conversation revolving around an international perspective on cryptocurrencies and the future of the NFT gaming industry. In a recent survey, it was seen that India and the United States had the largest population of people invested in the cryptocurrency market. India has around 97 million people invested, which is around 7% of the total population, whereas the US estimates around 46 million people, which is about 13% of the overall US population. India has a large population filled with different state policies, cultures, languages and economic environments. There's a lot to learn from this increasingly interesting market. In today's episode, we will be talking about web3, also known as the decentralized web or the blockchain web, India as a web3 market, and non-fungible tokens or NFTs, which are unique digital assets that represent ownership of a digital item such as artwork, music, video or collectibles using blockchain technology. Today we have with us one such pioneer in the industry, Siddharth Menon. Siddharth is what you would call a serial entrepreneur. Starting young, he has started several companies, the most recent ones being Vazirex and Tegro. Vazirex is India's largest cryptocurrency trading platform acquired by Binance. It has now seen global recognition. Siddharth is currently working on Tegro. which is a gaming arcade built on cryptocurrency technology. Hi Siddharth, welcome to our show. Thanks for taking time out to talk with us and working around the time difference between the US and India. We really appreciate it. Thanks Nikita for calling me here. Really looking forward to this. I think to share our story here. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited. Thank you so much. So let's get started by discussing the Indian market and what makes it so unique for web3. India's rich culture and economic history is a fascinating tapestry of diverse traditions, religions, customs, art, cuisine, all of them woven over thousands of years of history, marked by a series of economic transformations and achievements that have propelled it to become a modern day economic powerhouse. As a commonality in web3 and in India, I've noticed that they both heavily revolve around culture and community. Have you seen Indian cultures and communities blending into this market and how do you think they are happening? Yeah, super, it's an excellent question. To be very frank, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur for almost 17 years, I was mostly focused on uh, the global markets so far except for Vazirex. Vazirex was the first product that we were building primarily for India first. So there was a lot of learning in general, right? Because Indian markets were still new for us. Uh, we didn't know how things work. but uh, it's a very diverse market uh, both culturally the kind of people who use the whole tech product uh, very basic right uh, people are very tech savvy for the fact that they are all used to doing you know payments within 30 seconds you know using technology like upi uh, so payments are very well done within indian ecosystem secondly most of them are online connected to the internet but the fact is very very few percentage of the people actually have access to desktop or uh, or you know uh, or laptop and in fact they have and there's an entire generation that has skipped that and directly on mobile 
So the perspective, what what we perceive, what they know versus, you know, what they actually perceive is very different. So, you know, being mobile first is very important if you want to get into uh, the Indian markets. And uh, when it comes to the user base itself, there's two very big uh, you know, division. One is obviously, you know, the, the consumer base who's probably are the consumers to the Web3 space or the technology side, especially. And the other side is the development side. India is also known to be a development hub for a lot of things as a technology hub, uh, a talent hub. So even internationally, when you look at a lot of uh, Web3 projects, most of them have good engineering from, from India. So there's one side where a lot of things have been built here. And then there's other thing, there's, there's a consum- uh, consumer side, which is completely different. So what we perceived was very different, but as we learned it, it was amazing to sort of uh, see that. One of the biggest blocker was, uh, biggest uh, learning was how tier one, tier two, and tier three behave, right? We thought usually everybody starts with tier one and then go to three. But luckily for us, uh, we focused a lot on two, two and three, and that played out really well because the adoption was co- completely amazing. Uh, the understanding of, uh, you know, cryptocurrency was far better. And, and there was a lot of self-learning that was there uh, in these communities, probably access to internet, you know, smaller podcasts, everybody subscribing to a lot of learning channels. And we were surprised that as, as the industry was growing, these guys were already up to date with a lot of things. And it is pretty amazing. Like, you know, so, so to be very frank, uh, when servicing an audience like this is, is, is amazing. It feels good. And also at the same time, challenging because they, they need more. Uh, so to me, I think it's an amazing uh, a market, both from an emerging tech perspective and also from an adoption perspective. Yeah, that is so interesting. It's so nice to hear that the kind of thoughts that we would have of like people in the tier one industry being more involved in crypto is not actually that true. And people in tier two and tier three cities are also taking part in cryptocurrency. I think it's really, really interesting that you chose to focus on those groups and that it's actually taking adoption, which is so exciting. Another interesting thing was also talking about the government and the UPIs and how people are making payments all through their mobile phones. It's so interesting how UPI has made payments and being economically independent so easy to everyone in India. And I guess to segue into our next question of how the government has played such an important role in the economic standpoint of India, how do you think that government regulations actually impact being in Web3? especially because people are so impacted by how the government portrays or talks about topics like Web3. What do you think is the impact or how are you able to maneuver seeing all of these government regulations? Absolutely. I mean, uh, being an, uh, you know, a technologist or being an entrepreneur in tech, I've, like I said, always focused on, on the global markets. But this, this was the first product that we were building here. So basically, the story goes like this, right? We started in December uh, or, or November to, uh, you know, start building this product. And somewhere March, we almost finished it. We were almost going to uh, go live and we took it live. Just 28 days into launching this, uh, launching Wazirex is when, you know, uh, the RBI, that is Reserve Bank of uh, India, drops a bomb saying, hey, uh, they're going to do a banking ban on all cryptocurrency businesses. And that was a big shocker, right? Till that time, you never thought about government. Like all that time, you were always thinking about how do you capture a market? How do you do this? But never th- thought about fighting a government. You were all probably, you know, fight a corporation, you know, other other competitors, but never thought about this. That's, that's when you actually get into the whole game of understanding how governments are structured and things around it. 
but it was a big shocker for us because you know here we are 28 days old and we just launched wasirex and you know there you you know rbi uh, drops this bomb saying you know not possible and we were like should we just wrap up right because it's just 28 days like you know nothing has lost we probably have we can save money and build something else or should we continue to do something uh, you know for get more into it or fight this out and me and my co-founders we were discussing we probably finished a pack of cigarette trying to figure this out what do we do because you know this this news just broke off our team is looking forward to you know what what our decision is you know are we going to do this or not there's a lot of fud fud is you know basically a lot of fear within within the team and somehow we decided that you know let's just do it now we didn't know what we were going to do but we just said you know it was just very spiritually you know we were just aligning ourselves saying hey let's fight this right we didn't know know what to do there no answer and uh, we just looked at each other and said let's do it and we went back to our team said guys we'll just do this right i don't we don't know how we're going to do it but that's how we just did it and and obviously i do understand right regulations are something very important every country is trying to figure this out how do we regulate crypto uh, and and obviously india being very uh, sensitive to how money moves they are overly uh, sensitive about uh, regulations here so we had this banking ban so there was no way for ba- people to even sell and you know move their accounts out so it was a very very bad situation to be very frank to me i i look at uh, as the dark ages uh, you know times for crypto in india because there was no way to actually uh, do a lot of things within uh, crypto sites even worst like some of our uh, employees uh, bank account were getting frozen we were struggling to sort of you know keep things live you know? we just sort of uh, you know talking to the bank managers trying to get them a newer accounts they have a mortgage to pay you know there was a, it's it's not just running a company we were running a team also and their their personal bank account it, it was it, definitely it's an amazing uh, you know uh, journey there and and being in this uncertainty you know we we thought you know we are going to die any time right the wasir is going to die any time even when we went for uh, fundraising nobody was ready to fundraise because nobody was certain about regulations in india because you know nobody would want to fund an uncertain business right and so it was all upon us trying to fight this out so to be to be very fair it's not easy for sure it's a very conservative market for sure you know when it comes to something new but on the other spectrum this is also the country which is technologically trying making breakthroughs in finance right so uh, it, it's 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 a new world and a new world uh, in a old world sort of coming together but still understand that this has to be done so in in 2020 we we fought this you know in in supreme court it took us 3 years to win this case and finally we won the case against federal rbi that is reserve bank of india which is very similar to federal bank uh, in us so we finally won that case and that's when a lot of innovation started coming a lot of confidence started coming in and and from there all i was doing was every day just talking to new banks and trying to integrate them and and teaching them like we had a presentation of what is crypto how does it work and many things around it just to educate people and this is not just at a you know banking level but also at bigger politicians you know to sort of educate them and i think 2020 and 2021 was primarily just this you know every every day there will be at least one or two calls which are just doing uh, trying to convince these folks you know what's what's uh, uh, this next big thing and it did paid off very well right because everybody started recognizing it trying to figure this out they knew we could not ban it but at least they knew it has to be regulated because before 2020 it was either zero or one 
but now at least you know we are in a phase that we all understand there's a problem and they and also indian government do understand that it, it's it's not a solution that can be done only by them it is a global solution uh, regulation that has to come together uh, so from that perspective i think it's it's still you know understandable and and i'm looking forward to how this plays out for everybody yeah that is really exciting to hear especially like hearing about how you have your entire team that you're thinking about as well and not just the community that you're trying to build within india for web3 seeing that there is like a large community for tech and art that you see within india what have you seen uh, changes within the market of india with the introduction of web3 yeah absolutely so i think um, you know even even web3 has been evolving a lot right in 2017 there was a lot of altcoins you know uh, a lot of new projects uh, we call it defi projects a lot of things started evolving this this whole financial layer that was coming in but something that magically happened in 2020 was the whole nft era a uh, people talk about nft but what was it this was art and things coming along and i think that that captured a lot of indian audience as well indian artists to be very frank and wazirx we launched the first nft marketplace in india and that is probably also the one of the early or the first asian nft market you know way back in 2020 and what we saw was a we became one of the platform or or the web3 became one of the platform for all these artists to sort of showcase their art and for all those guys who know india really well you know this is this plethora of good art like you know there's this art which is which is modern to you know very classic to many many things like right? this it's just full of colors and to see that come alive and to get them an audience which is a global audience that was an amazing you know life changing experience for a lot of people there people who are probably in tier 2 suddenly able to sell something to somebody across the world and and that was so powerful because i have i've heard a lot of stories like you know i talked to a lot of our users and most of the time they come and thank us for doing what we are doing we we not realizing what we are doing okay so we are just building products we are just solving problems but sometimes that changes people's life and that literally inspires us as well right like uh, how technology is changing people's life there's a family i know uh, you know uh, his parents were pretty old and he, he was an artist he was selling any uh, you know everywhere else he came to know about nft he learned uh, and we do have a lot of learning programs even at wazirx and he learned a few things from that and then he uh, you know he sold his first uh, nft and that was history for us and him uh, you know he, he made a couple of money and recognition and he's it's now in a global platform and it changes life right and just to know that something like this can change people's life is amazing and i think uh, india has a lot of talent uh, both culturally art and obviously tech so i think this is an amazing uh, uh, portal for everybody to sort of you know grow with yeah that is so exciting thank you you are listening to looks like new a show that asks all questions about new technology we've been speaking with siddharth menon about cryptocurrency stick with us and we'll be back soon Welcome back to Looks Like New on KGNU Radio. I'm Nikita 
we've been speaking with Siddharth Menon about cryptocurrency in India. Siddharth has constantly been working on building companies, a few being Crowdfire, Wazirx, and Tegro. Let's talk a little bit about being an entrepreneur in this exciting space. Being an entrepreneur in this tech industry, even more before the Web3 boom, what was a high-level trend you saw while going from Web2 to Web3? That's a very nice question, Nikita. Uh, so, to just to give you an idea, right? Like, what is Web1, Web2, Web3? I'm not sure if everybody understands that, right? Like, I think to understand this better, when the internet was first connecting people around, what was people doing is they were just communicating with each other or, or having a website and maybe, you know, Amazon started. So you as a person was just interacting with a product, right? Just like Amazon, there's no person there. You're just buying stuff, selling stuff, which enabled a lot of things, right? Like even for you to consume uh, information. That was generally what we call the Web1 era, getting everybody just hooked on to some site or somewhere where you can consume content. In the Web2 era, it became much more social. Everything had a social layer on top of it. So even if you were reading a, uh, you know, if, if you're doing a shopping, it will be like, how can you shop with your friends? Everything was thought about like, how do you make, you know, things social on it, on the internet? And that was, that is when Facebook and Twitter and most of these guys were born. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's how it, it's, the Web2 era was. In the Web3 thing, Web3 thing is, is again, more transformational where we are now thinking about how do you bring finance into it, right? If you just go back and try to understand what's happening, we are actually creating this virtual world where when we first got connected and we were interacting, it doesn't matter whether you are from, you know, USA or, or Japan or, or India, as long as you go to the site, you're the same person on the internet. Then in the Web2 era, the same person was enabled, you know, more social tools to be talking to everybody who whoever else is on the internet, right? Connected to the internet. Now we're in that third era where we are trying to say, hey, you are connected to everybody on the internet. You are, you know, talking to, you have friends. Now, how do we bring a finance layer, which is just purely for this internet, not for, you know, like away from the tradition. So for example, like when I do a chat with you on Facebook or WhatsApp or anything or Twitter, it doesn't matter, you know, where I am from, right? Uh, if I'm from India, you're from US or anywhere else or I'm from Dubai. And similarly, now when it comes to finance, how can we have the same experience when I do an, you know, a financial trade with you or, or any transaction? How can we be very native to that? And that's, that's the premises of Web3, right? Where we are bringing in the evolution of uh, finance into, into this space and trying to understand what needs to be built, right? Like very simple. When you look at the traditional finance, there's banking, then there is, you know, lending and then there is exchanges. There are various things and there are various instruments that constitute this finance. And, you know, there's something called as gold, which is usually used as or to peg, uh, you know, currency against something. So in a, in a very similar fashion, you will see a reflection of that, but in a digital form in the Web3 space. So that's what we, we see. To me, it's more like a deja vu, right? Because having seen that in the past and by the way, so, you know, back then, when I was building a product, both when it was social, you know, I was, I would build something, go to VCs and try to pitch them, say, hey, you know, social is the next big thing. And they say, hey, hey, no, no social, but first you need this. I was building for a mobile and back then mobile was not there yet. Uh, it was too early. But then I always knew that, you know, everybody's going to be on mobile and I was building it. And then you go to these folks and they say, hey, you know, it's it's not going to happen. 
and somewhere down the line i did in in some sense today when i look back i did a mistake of little bit believing in the, them saying i am too early or probably not thinking about it but what i should have done is literally fought that out in in some sense i did but still uh you know you have to be very fundamental with what you think and i think that was that was one of the good piece to sort of go back to today in web3 you know it's it's sort of reflection of what has happened in web2 and web3 you know this is going to be it's it's not it's an inevitable future it's just that you know how much are you committed to it matters a lot here so you know here we are in the whole web3 space which is more like a deja vu for me which means it's a fresh start uh, to do all these things all over again and hopefully you know do the right thing this time for everybody else for a larger impact yeah that is so great that is very very interesting thank you i think it was also really interesting that you spoke a little bit about how maybe you had not timed the market right for your product that you were trying to develop for mobile would you maybe like to talk a little bit more on what people could learn or maybe some failures that you faced while you were being an entrepreneur in web2 and how that's translated to you being in web3 now absolutely i think i think uh, you know when you gain a perspective uh, it's important that you know it, sometimes it's very very local to you right not necessarily everybody has caught on to that perspective maybe you are early into it but not necessarily that you're wrong about it right you're probably you're right about it it's just that your timing is important you know there's multiple instances right so i think i, I did tell you about the mobile era i was very bullish on mobile we built the first product which was mobile only right it was not on desktop at all and back then we used to go to for vcs they would literally say hey you know you guys should first build for web and then we will look into mobile and i was like hey no no mobile is going to be future and it's going to be probably this and probably within within a years time the same guys started talking we will only invest in in companies which is mobile first so it's it's very ironic like or, or or i don't know it just feels very funny to sort of you know understand that so a lot of people do follow trend but for you i think it's very important to follow fundamentals something that you have acquired and built over time i was very bullish about uh, you know web3 games in general because i do do believe that they are very natural fit to this so 2018 i used to go to you know studios and probably call them up trying to convince them to build for web3 and they used to usually hang up on me saying hey web3 is a scam bitcoin is a scam games doesn't work like this you play players uh, want this you don't know this and stuff like that and i think after that i think 2020 or 2021 is axi happened and the moment one success came everybody changed their mind you know everybody changed their perspective everybody is listening now and now most of the studio or in fact most of the studios i know have a web3 strategy to sort of build on to it so it's just it's just about you know some event where things will change but for you if you are very fundamentally strong you fundamentally believe in it i think it's very important to sort of stick to it and keep doing that i think that's one of the biggest learning right like back then if i would have just gone back and doubled down on what i was doing then probably it would have been a different outcome but again it's okay you know you do fail and you do come out of it and you get a you know you get 10 more chance after that so don't worry about it yeah that is so interesting and so inspiring to hear from someone who's seen so much success to be so motivated and humble i guess to push forward and let us know that you know it's okay to fail it's very very nice to hear that from you let's talk a little bit more about the big success that you had with wazirx and maybe um you want to talk a little bit about the crypto trading platform that you built and how it was acquired by binance this is something that's huge 
and probably one of the largest trades that happened within India. For people who are, are new and probably don't have a lot of context on Vazirex, do you want to talk about what it is and maybe how it's positioned differently for the Indian market? Sure, sure. I think, uh, you know, very importantly, when we when we were looking into crypto in 2017, uh, we realized that Indian market is sort of has a very broken experience in terms of how they onboard to Web3. And we were we were very bullish on Web3 back then. Uh, probably, you know, you call us crazy or whoever, like, but still we were like, hey, just this is amazing. This is going to change the world. And and then when we realized that India is sort of, and, and the most important thing for, for anybody to come to crypto, you need an on-ramp. That is, you should, you need a way for you to buy a crypto using your fiat money. That is, you know, US dollars or, you know, INR in India. So, and we saw the experience was not so great. And especially till that time, we were building for international markets. So the kind of quality that we expected even in India was not so great. And I said, hey, here's a potential where we want to sort of solve. Starting with that, but obviously when we started, you know, this is like banking ban came in. And the one of the core problem they completely focused on was sort of to sort of build a liquidity for on-ramp and off-ramp. So there were people, because of this whole banking ban, there were people who had a lot of cryptocurrencies, but they had no way to sell them because, you know, there was no bank account for them to sell, uh, to, you know, to cash out to. It was almost stagnant. There were people who were just, just stuck there. And that that's that's the time we built, you know, Wazirx P2P exchange. This is world's first, you know, auto order matching P2P engine. And the story goes like this, right? When we had only few days to for the deadline for the banking ban to go go live, I basically locked myself in a room trying to figure this out, you know, on a board. You know, how do we solve this problem? Like without we owning a bank account, because the only thing says that we cannot have a bank account. Wazirx cannot have a bank account, so we cannot hold custody of users' money. That was a simple problem, like simpler, sim- simple to hear now. So what we did is we built this P2P exchange where people could directly send money to others and do this transaction. And again, it had to be done in a way which is much more intuitive, easy to do. So we built this world's first P2P order matching you know, exchange. Sounds very de- technical, but when you use it, it's very simple to use. You simply pay somebody directly to the bank account and you get the crypto. And that's how you on-ramp and off-ramp. And that was path-breaking for the entire industry in India. You know, we were the, the youngest exchange in 2018. But with this innovation and with this dedication, within a year's time, we became the number one. You know, so we were the youngest and the uh, in a smallest exchange. Within a year's time, we became the biggest. And, and we still kept on building stuff. We kept on, you know, doing this. A major breakthrough or a major style of how we do things is uh, uh, that really helped us is India is a very different market, like I said, right? But we were constantly listening to our users. Like I would, I would always be on uh, all our founders. Basically, will be on on Telegram. Somebody is messaging, and this is not working, or this I did not understand. And these constant feedbacks literally helped us shape the product what we are building. And it was, you know, week on week we were just iterating. We were like just working, you know, day and night to sort of do this. You know, there were a lot of these sprints that, like, some things that we did where we were like in the office for three four days trying to get something out and that's it right like that that was a focus with the team as well so you know i think i think that consistency is sort of important sort of built on to and this is this is how that slow and steadily you sort of win the race but yeah i think uh, a monumental change i would definitely like to highlight is so wazirx is just two or three years old okay 
and the next big exchange in india is a bombay stock exchange now bombay stock exchange is is probably 30 year old or maybe beyond that i don't even know so they do a you know a monthly volume of almost 19 to 20 billion dollars in dollars if you have to understand okay and in 2021 we set a goal within the team saying hey guys we need to beat this and and let's just do this right and we kept on every every month we we, we went from uh, you know 500 mil to we reach uh, you know 1 billion we did the first 3 billion and 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 slowly slowly we kept on doing it we reached a stage where we did 9.5 billion in a month and there was a peak and after that we had another banking issue like you know banks are always like i said very conservative so to get banks is was difficult but that was the only reason that we could not beat them but but the the story is we were almost half of them right like and we are talking about an exchange that has been there for 30 years and and this this is a exchange just probably just 3 years old and doing this crazy volume and most of the users are youth of india right doing this and that says a lot about india by the way like in general like if you were to just talk about think about it you know the trend from stock market to this is is crazy and i think uh, even we were not prepared for that but there's a lot of learning right there for all of us and i think it's a small success you know that would we all celebrate saying hey you know at least we did this you know be there in just 3 4 years yeah that is that's beautiful in fact a small personal story is my first onboarding into web3 was through wazirx my entire family has gotten into web3 only because we did our first transaction on wazirx so it's very very exciting to hear that you were doing all of this for the community and just you understand the market so well and just talking about how adoption was i guess in my family and you can understand that this is how big the adoption was of for wazirx within india it was in every every single person's home um can you tell us how it felt to be a part of this binance acquisition and letting go of that baby that you had um which is wazirx Yeah I think finance acquisition was a good play for all of us because for us we were looking at a bigger growth for all of you know for just just for India as well right I think the acquisition happened before the ba- we won the banking case the supreme court case but that's okay it's like you know but when when today when I look at the hindsight it gave us a very international perspective of what has happened today a lot of things that has evolved in even in wazirx has evolved because we have this perspective Bazirx still has the young, you know, smallest team across all the other exchanges that you know, but still has the biggest user base. So it's it's not more more employees means more a bigger team means you know better product. But we do believe in a lot of efficiency and things around it. So and also style of working. There's a lot of learning that you get how things work things work outside and how do we adopt that to our our team as well. And I think for us this this was a major you know learning in general. but i do remember uh, you know during the bull market or somewhere one of my friend that is when you realize you know you probably doing something right he was at a pub partying and then he sees two people actually cheering on you know wazirx like two wazirx or something and then he shared that photo with me and you know, these two guys are just celebrating you guys i was like wow you know that's an amazing uh, you know as an entrepreneur you don't see that coming right and these are small stories that actually he uh makes you feel like wow even though you would probably not met them done anything but it was a it was a nice uh i would say cherry on top 
<laughs> yeah, I guess that's the dream, right? To just be a part of something larger, and you don't even know how how big your impact is because you're not meeting everyone. But so so lovely and inspiring to hear your story, Siddharth. You are listening to Looks Like New, a show that asks old questions about new tech. We've been speaking with Siddharth Menon about cryptocurrency. Stick with us, and we'll be back soon. Welcome back to Looks Like New on KGNU Radio. I'm Nikita. We've been speaking with Siddharth Menon about entrepreneurship in Web3. Siddharth is currently building Tegro, which is an arcade for gamers built on cryptocurrency technology. In this segment, we will talk about the future of the gaming industry and how the cryptocurrency world is influencing this market. Um to start off with, why don't we talk a little bit about how Web two games are different from Web three. Yeah, I think it's a very interesting topic, right? Like uh, uh, a lot of people don't know how big the Web two gaming industry is. Uh, to give you a perspective, um, uh, last two years uh, the gaming industry has been doing almost close to two fifty billion in revenue, and that's a that's a that's a massive market, right? Uh, uh, it's it's even bigger than social media. it's it's a it's a very very uh, a lot of people don't take they think it uh, gaming is only for serious uh, gamers by the way it's not the case by the way uh, it's not for people who just play counter strike dota or anybody else but even even a company like uh, uh, candy crush right um, i'm sure most of you guys know it's a very hyper casual game uh, had a revenue of almost close to 300 million dollars in 2017 18 and that's a very good number to think about you know people buying small gems small candies within the game but all those things add up and that's one of the reason apple app stores play stores everybody takes gaming very seriously now coming coming to perspective of what's the difference between web 2 and web 3 right in in till now uh in the web 3 in, in the web 2 games you are always the consumer you are always buying things you know you're just consuming and playing things around it but you don't you don't you probably own it but doesn't have you know to sort of to own it probably you have to play a lot and then you own own an asset within the game but it has no value other than what you think it is right like so maybe you might be ready to pay $5 $2 that's it it's just done and it's also it's always the developers who are selling these assets so it's it's only a shop model i call it the shop model but in web3 it's a very different way because web3 is very decentralized web3 says hey you know what uh, uh so what what happens here is it's the asset that you own you can sell it again to somebody else like it's an open mar- open market so it's it's not a developer who is selling it's also you who can sell so it's it's not a shop model it's a marketplace model uh, at a very high level you just feel that's a difference but it changes a lot of dynamics it it feels it makes it feel like Hey, now it's not just a company. Like in in a traditional world, it's not the companies who can do maybe farming. Even if you farm and you grow crops, you can also go and sell. So it, basically, you are equally, uh, you know, can be part of the economic cycle, right? It's a very real world economy that comes in. So what happens is, what happens end up having is, before you had only players who were playing Web three games, uh, sorry Web two games, right? Who were just consuming things. now because there is this secondary market there's an investable 
a point that is coming in now two more people have got in that is investors and traders so now what they are doing is they want to buy out this these assets thinking that hey more players would need this in future and traders would you know try to time this market and then try to trade this what ends up happening is you have a ecosystem where you have players you have traders and you have investors what what the i mean in a very high side everybody will say hey you know investors and traders will spoil the game but what what they bring to the table is they bring capital to the table and say if you are able if you are a good skill player and you say earn earn a token or earn certain assets within the game it's so valuable to everybody else because you know the value of that asset has gone up because investors and traders are there so technically it becomes a uh, a earning model for a lot of people who are good with that skill right just like in traditional world if i'm good at writing and if i if somebody is not good at writing uh, and if i write for him i get paid so very simple in, even here if you're good at playing games and you can play for somebody else or for yourself you can you can you know earn these rewards which is valuable within the ecosystem so in a very high level if you think about it that's how the web3 gaming is and it's it's is very revolutionary because it by itself creates an economy of its own which is which is completely outside uh, you know disconnected from the rest of the world previously if you own an asset you could not sell and cash out but here now you if you own an asset you can sell to somebody else and cash out so it's a real world money people in philippines and india and some somewhere during during a good time they have literally survived on these uh, these these income by just playing games really well so it it's i still believe we just saw the tip of the iceberg there's a lot more to be done a lot more to be built but that shows you know how uh, how uh, you know transformative this whole those this this trend and this uh, industry is so you know that's that's the high level difference i would say i hope you guys got it yeah and just seeing in the web2 world even how the gaming industry has seen such a large economic growth it's really interesting to know how web3 is just further increasing that scope for people to be able to make money or generate that extra income while they are immersed in this industry um more to know on i guess tegro is so exciting but why did you move from wazirx to tegro Oh yeah I think uh, so I, I I was I was also a gamer myself right like so back in the days in the college days I used to make counter strike maps I used to have fun but never got into gaming as a business but always always keeping a track of what's happening here but when I entered into web web3 with crypto with wazirx in 2018 I started investing into games because I genuinely in a very high level I thought this is going to be a next big thing I started investing in it, but was not very serious about it but in as in when i got more deeper into the subject and started talking to a lot more uh, users investors i realized a very important thing right a lot of people so till that i was selling bitcoin ethereum so to sell bitcoin i have to tell people how how bitcoin is is like digital gold you know for to explain to them i have to teach them how money works right because that's the that's the basic of why how value comes for bitcoin and then if i have to explain them what is ethereum i have to teach them or tell them how cloud computing works right and that's an equivalent of what ethereum is and forget about defi tokens there are tons of tokens you can't even explain people how it is how does that work but when you tell people about 
a digital land or a or a digital cap or a digital shoe or or maybe a digital gem a gem people instantly get it because that's something they are used to it right because of gaming that they are already used to it they understand what digital uh, land means and there's a value to it so it was it was an instant sell and and i felt like a lot of people understood this really well versus explaining them what bitcoin and ethereum and you know rest of the things are and that also brought me into another bigger question right like if you think about it the entire gaming industry which is spoke about does a revenue of about 250 260 billion dollars which makes it already a you know 1.4 trillion dollar industry at a very pessimistic level it's a 1.4 to 1.5 trillion dollar industry and when you today look at the crypto industry as a whole is still just barely a trillion dollar industry right so if you think about it like if the gaming adoption comes into the crypto industry it can in fact take it to another level uh, especially where where web3 is a very capital efficient market coming to a gaming space where you know there's there's a lot more absorption for it i think it's an amazing play so it was very difficult decision for me but i saw that hey you know this is something that i would definitely would love to you know build on top of it i did invest into few folks who would probably build it but you know i did not see them through you know how they want to do it and somehow there was a whole builders itch that was there in me saying let's just build it man like let's just do it because there was a decision i was do- i was into that i will probably get into vc funding like become a vc and i in fact started working on that but then i got bored so much because there's nothing to build there you know this this i i, I don't know it just felt like it was very boring for me at least to me like i'm pretty sure it's a very good business line and then i said hey let's just build this and that's how i came back and you know i said let's just start tegro and build a team and then do this so uh yeah every day is very exciting again it's you know zero to one no matter how many times you did it is it's just is just always thrilling and always at the edge yeah it's it's so nice to hear you talk about your companies and what you're trying to build because you're always so focused on the community and you seem to really have a good idea of what the community wants so i guess the question that i have is what do you think the future of the gaming industry is just because you have such a good feel of what people want yeah i think the gaming industry will definitely evolve uh, to a new genre so you have a traditional gaming where is purely entertainment everything is fine and they do a good job like you know today also you might just enjoy a casual game game of chess within your friends physically or or online you just enjoy and that that's going to happen but there's another new new metaverse gaming or i would say the whole economic uh, economy based gaming will come in where you will have these three people playing really important roles that is the players investors and traders and now it all depends upon a good gameplay how it sort of captivates it but like we saw you know how social came in and was being applied to every product that we saw you know can we make banking social can we make xyz social back in 2004 2005 you will see a lot more games trying to adopt this financial layer on top of it what will enable this to do is you will have good investors coming in and you'll also have good players coming in because now they will play for you know for somebody else and get paid and using their assets and i think it's just starting off so i'm i'm i've been advising some games and i've seen that evolution that has happened there's a game called a scrap bites which basically helps you build your digital farm and 
now recently we sort of you know so i also work on a lot of economic models and this is one experiment we did which worked worked out really well is where people get jobs to work for somebody else and that just panned out really well because we saw that you know there's a lot of people waiting to play this for somebody else and there are people who don't have the time but money and pay others to do that for them and that was just you know it was just a market right there in front of our uh, just below our nose we we just connected and it started working very well so i think uh, games are going to see a very transformative change here with the advent of you know how web3 is coming along how that financial era is coming along and I, to me it feels like a new genre in general anybody who is catching on early as a player as a developer as as a streamer i think there's a lot of opportunity right there uh, and i think you know that's that's something that everybody should exploit in my opinion yeah it's so interesting to see how big of a reach the gaming industry has especially because we see people from all over the world participating and playing with each other in the gaming world and you being a player in that market i wonder how you see it being different releasing a product like tegro which is released on a global platform in comparison to vazirex which is more catered to a specific indian market do you maybe want to talk a little bit on that yeah sure i think you know one thing we realized quickly is in 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 india when we are building vazirex vazirex was not a just a technology problem to be solved uh it was also a compliance problem to be solved because you know suddenly we realize hey you know you have to be compliant you know you have to be building something that is well regulated you know everything everything around it so you had a uh, a framework under which you can only work right you can't do everything you can't like in india you cannot build a lending product like uh, though it's very easy to build from a technology perspective but you can't because you know yeah it's it's uh, regulatory issues will come in but when we are doing a tegro tegro has a different problem to solve right? we have less of compliance problem to solve but more of educational problem to solve right like to to educate people that hey you know this is this is a big opportunity for everybody that is that is gaming asset is a bigger opportunity and and how do you how do you sort of get that message to different places like for example you know us is a very investor focused for uh, in people who invest into these assets and probably philippines is a very different market where there are more of players who will play for somebody else so we had to sort of bridge that market together it's quite challenging and also very exciting for all of us right because every day we have to you know solve a, a, a sector of a problem and step by step slowly building the you know the ecosystem itself and and again it's more of a product play now than than the uh, you know uh, uh, the whole compliance play which probably i'm not the best person to sort of work on <laughs> oh thank you so much i guess just to wrap up the section do you maybe want to tell our listeners a little bit about how they can find out about tegro is it open to the public yes as uh, tegro we are still launching a lot of products uh, starting in march we've been uh, launching the exchange go to tegro.com uh, that's the best place to sort of get started but more than that if you are somebody who wants to learn more about web3 and being part of the opportunity of you know what's what's in for you guys uh, you know we have followers on twitter and our discord we do a lot of educational programs just to teach people you know how to get into this and uh, not just here in general there's a lot of learning that that as a community uh, is helping each other to to sort of learn together so there's a lot of opportunity for all of us here i think is definitely something that you should look into especially if it's a market that's been you know slowly built on top over a couple of years 
Awesome. And with that, we come to the end of our episode. Thank you so much, Siddharth, for taking part in this conversation. It's so nice to see entrepreneurs like you who are so focused on the community, building this huge group of people, trying to just contribute to this community and support everyone that's just trying to be better. So thank you so much. I really, really had a great time having this conversation with you. Thank you for taking time out. Thanks. Thanks, Nikita. Thanks for having me here again. You've been listening to Looks Like New on KGNU Radio, a show that asks old questions about new technology. We've been speaking with Siddharth Menon. If you'd like to find out more about his work, visit tegro.com or follow him on Twitter. His handle is Source. I'm Nikita Menon, today's host of Looks Like New, a production of CU's Media Economies Design Lab. The show is produced in-house by Skylar Hugh. If you like what you heard, please spread the word about the show and consider leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Leaving positive reviews will help our conversations reach more listeners. We would love to hear your comments or guest ideas. You can reach us by emailing medlab at colorado.edu. I hope you'll join us for another conversation next month.